Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Hey, I'd love for you to stop by DailyCreativeHabit.com. I've created several resources with you in mind as a creative person. First, there's a link to our free private Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It is filled with creatives of all types who have raised their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. And so if that's you, we would love to see you as part of this group. There's also a link to receive our free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. This goes out twice a week and is filled with resources and inspiration and daily prompts for you as a creative person to make sure that you keep showing up every single day for your creativity. And lastly, there's a link out to the new Daily Creative Habit Guided Creativity Journal. And this is something that I'm really excited about because it's a 90-day journey that you can go on that guides you to plan and show up for your creativity and help you track and help you measure and figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. This is available right now through Amazon.com. Hey friends, I am coming to you from outside. I'm on my balcony here in New Jersey and the heat has broken, the humidity has broken, thankfully. And quite honestly, I haven't been here in about three weeks. I have been traveling. I've been in Wisconsin speaking and sketching and had a road trip from Nashville to Colorado and then another trip sketching and driving the coast of California and uh, just some amazing things that I've seen and experienced. Uh, Some people I've been able to meet up with while on the road, Uh, new people and meeting up with old friends and some acquaintances becoming friends. And um, I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. And today I just wanted to share with you an experience that I had uh, while I was in California. I was able to take my two girls uh, who are 18 and 20 with me and um, we had an amazing week together and I got to show them the coast of California driving along as much as we could and just seeing the various uh, locations and just really drinking it all in. But we spent some time in San Francisco and it was a first for all of us. And that was where there was an event um, that I was sketching at. and. Um, it was for the uh, the Crayon Initiative, which uh, I had Brian Ware, uh, the founder, on the podcast uh, several episodes ago. You can go and listen to that interview. Uh, that was an amazing interview with him and the work that he and his team does with the Crayon Initiative, basically recycling crayons and uh, getting these new crayons into the hands of children in hospitals. And so they had a fundraising event And I was there sketching that with bands and uh, vendors and all sorts of cool stuff going on. And um, I highly recommend that if you're looking for a place to donate, to give that is making a difference, uh, this organization is doing just that. They're bringing smiles and creativity to children in hospitals. So um, look them up, the Crayon Initiative, and uh, be sure that you um, support them. 
So I'm there sketching that event, and we had a couple of days in San Diego. I'm sorry, not San Diego, San Francisco. I was in San Diego previous trip. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's all bleeding together. But I was in San Francisco and um, had the opportunity to meet up with someone else who has been on this podcast, and that is uh, Dan Klitschner. And Dan uh, is the inventor of Boppet, and... Um, you know, he shared his story and where Boppet came from on that episode as well. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode um, for some context on more of Dan's work. And we have just developed a friendship uh, via the podcast and kind of online. And he is actually writing the foreword to my upcoming book, Make Fun a Habit. And uh, I'm thrilled that he said yes to that. And so we got to connect in person for the first time this past week. And he invited us, me and my two daughters, to his studio in downtown San Francisco. And so this was really a cool opportunity. Uh, I wasn't just excited to, to meet Dan, although, you know, of course uh, I wanted to do that, but also that he invited us to his studio uh, where all the magic happens and has happened over the years. Um, this was a special invitation and, you know, I was excited also to bring my kids um, and, you know, of course, two teen girls, not easy to impress. Um, <laughs> so I knew I had a little bit of an uphill battle going in, but I knew that um, the work that Dan did uh, in the past, they had some of the toys and some of the games that Dan developed. And so it was really cool to be able to see them interact with him and get some of the inside scoop on where these games came from, where the toys came from, some of the ideas behind them. And so we got to his office and came out of the elevator and he, he greeted us, you know, uh, and said, hey, welcome to the studio. And immediately uh, we noticed that on display were several of projects that he worked on that went to market. And so these were toys um, that some of them were licensed with other characters um, and some of them were original ideas uh, that he had such as Boppet and the variations of Boppet over the years um, and it was really cool because he took time to take us down this hallway that had several of these toys and products on top of these cabinets and he would explain you know where the ideas came from or what uh, the project was all about some of the challenges that were involved and you know the kids got to have some hands-on experience with some of them and uh, just interact because really that's what uh, makes all the difference for Dan's work right it's not just looking at these things they don't just look cool but it's when you get them in your hands and when you play with them when you interact that's where uh, so much of the magic happens and so it was really cool for the girls to be able to to see this, to hear some stories behind the scenes and to actually hold some of these products. And again, some of these products, um, there was a, uh, I believe it was like a sand shovel design that Dan had worked on and the kids actually had that when they were younger. And um, there were a few other items there as well, um, more like uh, toddler type toys that Dan had a, a hand in developing. And so, uh, it was great to be able to trace it back to 
you know, where it all started. Uh, the guy who invented these things, who came up with these things, you know, and be able to talk to him about the process and about um, how some of these things came to be. I mean, when do you really get the chance to sit down with somebody who's an inventor like that and talk about some of the products, some of the games, some of the um, toys that you've seen and interacted with and um, that you see on the shelves every day in stores. So um, just a, a huge privilege to be able to be invited into Dan's uh, office and workspace. And as we went down the row for these um, toys and games that were on top of the cabinets, he stopped and said, you know, part of the magic of this place is actually what's underneath inside these cabinets. And he would open up a cabinet and said, you know, we have a system here where these uh, bins are numbered and a lot of past ideas, prototypes that never went to market or things that uh, for whatever reason just, um, you know, didn't see the light of day. They were stored in these cabinets, uh, in these bins, and he would make reference to them every so often. And it was cool to see how um, he was developing these ideas, making these prototypes, you know, sometimes printing some things out and there were paper cards or um, there were other things that, that he fashioned in, in whatever way uh, throughout the years. And so he talked through some of those. He talked about the importance of being able to uh, categorize, categorize these things and organize them so that if he needed to go back and find something. Uh, he and his team were able to do that. And um, part of that was because uh, if someone from a toy company came in and had an idea they wanted to talk to Dan about, and it sparked this memory that it sounded familiar to something else that he had um, been developing in the past, but again, didn't go to market, he would be able to go back, find that thing, uh, take it out and iterate on something that he had developed in the past. And so um, I loved this idea where he kept around all these ideas and all these things that were things that hadn't um, found their place yet. And some of them that maybe they never will, but other ones, he would use those as springboards for new ideas, or he would take a piece of something and bring it over to another project because he needed to know um, how perhaps something would interact in someone's hand or how something would light up or some sounds and things that would be made, uh, some kind of idea for card game. Um, all these things were there for him. And so nothing was wasted in, in his economy. And uh, I think there's a tremendous lesson there for us as creators that so many times we may try to develop something we have this idea and we chase it as far as we can and we feel like maybe if it's not received uh, or there's not necessarily something that happens to go to market with it um, we can't execute it on a grand scale for some reason then we often feel like the thing has failed but i love dan's approach in that everything is there to be redeemed uh, it's all iterations of work and everything is built on something else and um, I think we can really learn from that regardless of whatever type of creator you are um, keep your old work around uh, recycle some things uh, use it as a springboard for building on top of um, cannibalize parts of it for new things um, because 
you know, there's no sense in trying to always reinvent something from scratch, uh, especially when you've put a lot of work and effort into something. And so um, that was really cool to be able to see and experience that. And then he led us along the hallway that actually went to his workshop. And inside his workshop, again, this was a cool environment that now hosts uh, several 3D printers. And, um, you know, as, as technology has moved forward, he's been able to use 3D printing for uh, quicker prototypes and certain things that he perhaps would have to have had sent out for previously. But now they can simply 3D print something and um, use it as the prototype. And there were all sorts of other supplies and um, gadgets in the workshop. And, uh, you know, it was great to see because there were some things scribbled on a whiteboard. There were some things that were hanging up that were some instructions or some inspiration. Um, you can tell where this was a place where he and his team came to implement those ideas that were sketched out and the things that that transferred from being a concept to being something that you could actually hold in your hand and interact with and more so he makes these prototypes because he's having um you know certain toy companies come in and he's meeting with these executives and he's talking about these ideas and he wants to be able to not just explain something conceptually what what the idea behind a game or a toy is but he wants to be able to put something in their hand so that they can interact with it so that they can see how something either lights up or how something feels in the palm of somebody's hand or if it's a card game that they are able to actually use these uh, prototype cards um, it's so important because it's an experience it's so much more than just a um, and an object or um, something to look at. Um, it's not until someone's actually experiencing these things that they actually come to life. And so it's important for him to be able to, to do that uh, and have this workspace and this workshop where he and his team can go. And so it was cool to see that. Um, and then he took us around to another space that were some computers and desks and things. And uh, there was a life-sized Boppet game. Now, if you are not familiar with Boppet, uh, just take a moment, look it up. I'm sure that you have come into contact with it someplace because this is something that is cultural. Um, it's appeared, I think, on The Simpsons. It's been part of uh, various different places in pop culture as well. And so um, to see this life-size Boppet thing where or it was really giant, I mean, honestly, it was uh, a thing that was connected to components of Boppet. So it would still say like Boppet and shake it and, um, you know, all the phrases that are, are popular, uh, roll it. And it had certain mechanisms that were large and we stood around the four of us you know me my two daughters and dan we stood around this this and we actually played together and we played head-to-head -head competition and honestly we just had a ball um it was so much fun interacting with this thing and we laughed and we created some great new memories and i'm like you know Again, when do you get the chance to experience a game with the guy who has developed it, who came up with these, this idea, and you're standing in front of this? And this is actually a real treat because this is a life-size or a giant Boppet game that um, only people who go and visit his office have the ability to interact with. So there were not 
a ton of people who have been able to have this experience. And so that made it all the more special as well. Um, and when we finished that, he was also showing us some other games that are in the works, some things that I can't talk about. He let us play a game that um, is currently, I believe, being pitched or, or at least worked on. And um, again, can't say anything as far as what it is uh, or, or, or any of its components, the idea behind it. But it was really cool to be able to be someone who is playing this uh, before it goes to market and, and, and hopefully that it does go to market. Um, we can say that we were there in his studio playing this game before anybody else. Um, and I think it was also important for Dan because he wanted to see people interacting with this. Um, there are some prototypes, right, where some things still need to be tweaked, or perhaps there's something about a game or a toy that seems intuitive as the creator, but you need other people to actually use it, to have the user experience um, so that you can figure out, oh, you know what, I thought this was really clear, but it's actually not. Um, there's something more that needs to happen here to make the instructions clear or to uh, make the experience better. Um, and so uh, I'm sure it was valuable for him as well. And, um, you know, we continue to to see some other things. We met one of his, his um, workers there who was working on a separate project. And um, it was cool to interact with, with that gentleman as well. And then he took us over into his office. And that was really cool because when we entered his office, uh, there were several awards that he had won for various games and toys over the years. Uh, Dan also had started out as an industrial designer, so he had won an award for um, this particular bottle that I believe it was uh, a wine, a wine bottle. And the shape of this bottle um, was something that he had worked on and won an award for. And so that was cool to just talk a little bit about those origins and, and just how some of that still is at play, um, pardon the pun, in the games and toys that he develops. Um, and we also got to see um, just, again, a whiteboard with some ideas on it. And the really cool thing was that he had a lot of childhood memorabilia and toys in his office and um, these were things that that were meaningful to him that he wanted to keep around as inspiration so as he was creating new things he could look at these and remember the special moments that he had and there was one particular thing that um, he said you know was pretty old he wasn't sure if it was going to work he took it down from uh, up top and it was a an air gun and so this air gun was kind of like a, a uh, science fiction looking space gun and you would um you know cock it and then shoot the trigger and it would have this puff of air basically that came out um and it still worked uh, and it worked great and um it was just fun to see that and so many of the um the toys and games that again, meant something to him. And I think there's something to be said for that as well. When we're setting up the environments in which we're dreaming up ideas that we're creating, that we stay connected to the things that have meaning for us, those products, those games, those toys, those songs, the, the pieces of artwork, the um, whatever it is that someone else created that impacted us to have a place where we are keeping that around us so that we're reminded that there are those who came before us, that we, we have been 
inspired by someone else's work and um we get a chance to remember and recapture some of the magic and some of the um just fun memories and some of the inspiration that that work brought us and that we can then roll that into the new things that we're trying to create and hopefully we're creating things for people and they'll have a similar experience where perhaps it makes their life better in some way it makes it easier um maybe it's not a game or a toy per se but perhaps whatever it is that you're creating is something that someone may want to keep around them a piece of art to hang on the wall to inspire them that reminds them of perhaps childhood memories uh, that they wish they could relive and recapture or a song that um, just really helps lift their mood or helps them feel seen and heard because the way the lyrics were written or a book that really moves somebody and informs them. Um, perhaps it's, it's a product or a service that just makes their life better and easier so that um, they can not waste so much time on things that, um, you know, they can put that time towards time for other things that fulfill them time with family or um for learning or just enjoying life right i mean there are so many things that if we think about it have made our lives better that other people have created and to be able to put those things up and to interact with them to be reminded of the work of other people that holds a special place for us and then set about the work that we're doing to dream up ideas, to let it be some ingredients in the mix as we are trying to figure out and solve the, the problems that we have in our creations or as we're looking for beauty, we're looking for whatever kind of inspiration. Um, keeping these things around can really make a difference. Um, and certainly it's much more inspiring than sitting in a blank office space or, you know, beige walls, you know, a boring setting. Um, we want to be able to um, continually be inspired. And so um, it was great to see Dan's, uh, Dan's office like that um, and his, his studio as a whole. Um, and this was such a tremendous privilege. Uh, and at the end of it, as we were saying goodbye, Dan was gracious enough to give my kids and myself um, some travel games that he had worked on. You know, there's a travel bop it button. And um, there was a couple of other things that, that he had given us um, that were uh, um, travel worthy. Because one of the things I said, you know, keep in mind that we do have to fly home and uh, <laughs> space is limited and we certainly don't want uh, a lot of things making tremendous amounts of noise on the planes, uh, disrupting passengers next to us. We don't want to be those people. Right. And so he um, he graciously gave us a few parting gifts and, um, you know, then we just said our goodbyes and uh, it was just a, a, an amazing experience. And I was so, so very thankful for Dan and his his um, and welcoming us in his taking the time, even with my kids, to talk to them about the process, talk to them about the products, let them interact with things, to watch them interact with things that he's created, um, things that he's testing, to ask them questions, to allow them to ask questions. Uh, it was just a tremendous, tremendous experience. I took lots of pictures. I took some video of us playing some of the games. Uh, there are even some pictures of some things I can't share uh, again because of 
things not having been in the market yet, um, but just for our own keepsake to say, you know, uh, that was a, a special time for us as a family, as well as to spend it with Dan and his creations. And so, um, you know, if you don't know much about Dan, you don't know much about his work, uh, I do encourage you to go again, listen to the previous episode with him, uh, look for my upcoming book, Make Fun a Habit. Again, he's writing the foreword for that, and I'm so grateful for that. And um, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for the friendship that has been forged. Um, and I love that it all came about because of this podcast. And so let that be a, a testament to just the power of podcasting and building relationships, building networks. Um, you sometimes just never know where things will go. And um, as you serve, as you create things that help other people, I mean, me creating this podcast uh, is, is a great example of being able to offer it to other people um, as a service to say, hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you, but not simply just for my sake. I want to record it so that I can share it with all of you who are listening right now and let someone else know about the work that they're doing and to use this platform to lift other people on, up on it and to shine the light on them. And so um, I hope that some of these things that I've experienced on this trip that I shared, uh, that they inspire you and the things you're creating. Maybe they inspire you to, to book some travel, um, to get out of town, to go someplace that you haven't been. Um, maybe it's inspiring you to reach out to some connections in your network that you haven't reached out to in a while and rekindle some things, um, figure out how you can just encourage that person and serve them and um, engage in conversation again, because you never know where these things may go. Um, but above all, in what you're doing with your life, just keep creating, keep showing up day in and day out. And whether or not you have a studio space that's dedicated to your work, whether you're a professional creative or someone who does this just because it feeds you as a person, uh, you have these creative endeavors as hobbies, or maybe you're somewhere in between. Uh, just keep creating, keep showing up, be consistent, keep on the journey that is creativity. And as I always end these episodes, I leave you with the charge. Go create something. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.